Hey guys, uh, thanks for joining us here for our second episode of KHI Convos. I'm Rick, here with Quince. What's up guys? Thanks for joining us once again. Um, if you uh, watched the first episode, we talked a lot about Hold Down Upstate the ideas behind that. And we also talked about uh, what led to the idea um, behind the process. Um, so I was able to introduce myself and uh, one of the things I think that uh, came from the idea of the process or going through the process was your organization uh, day one so you know I just wanted to spend some time today and introduce you guys to day one and kind of you know what the ideas are behind that and how that came into fruition cool yeah um yeah so uh um day one obviously uh some of you are familiar with it a little bit um the platform you know we're coming to you live off of uh, is kind of a mindset. Uh, I started um, about a year and a half ago or so, uh, kind of as a lot of, you know, getting out of the Merck uh, story start, um, you know, went through a breakup, uh, started drinking a lot, um, really was letting my depression kind of get the better of me, uh, which I think is kind of a story that you know, resonates with a lot of people. Um, you know, alcohol is a coping mechanism, all these things. Uh, so I kind of let that run, um, making, you know, just kind of a lot of questionable decisions, spending a lot of money doing a lot of, you know, stuff other than taking care of business. Um, it was affecting, obviously, my interpersonal relationships, my friends and stuff, and then it started affecting my work a little bit at the gym. Um, I was just, I was not being a good coach. I wasn't a good student. I wasn't a good training partner and stuff. I was just always tired of, you know, hungover, everything that goes with it. And, um, Eventually, it got to the point where I got sick of living like that. Um, one of the big turning points, actually, is I went out and visited a buddy of mine in Wisconsin. Uh, kid that had trained with us when he lived here. He moved back home after he got out of the Army. Um, and I went back and uh, hung out with him for a couple weeks, trained with him, helped him through fight camp and stuff. And uh, while I was out there, kind of observed a little bit of how he was living his, living his life. Um, Kind of just daily, uh, every morning we'd get up, he had a routine, he was you know, cooking breakfast, we'd go to the gym and train, come home, he was doing stuff around the house, just really motivated and disciplined uh, was the biggest thing I saw while I was there. Um, so I kind of had my, my aha moment one morning when I was there, it was, well, I guess night. Um, <clears throat> I'd gone out, you know, hanging out, having fun, meeting guys out there, drinking, and, and um, we got back to his place and he went to bed, you know, he's in fight camp, he's not doing any of that stuff. And I'm just sitting there just drunk two o'clock in the morning, just drinking beers and for no reason at all, other than just kind of, that's what I was doing to do it. Right. And, uh, it hit me that I was, what the hell was the point of doing it? You know? And, right. um, so when I got home, it was like the first big decision I made was to, to quit drinking. Right. Um, and I was able to be successful with that for over a year. Uh, until I, you know, decided that I would try dabbling in it again. But um, so as I so you know, started out just kind of I need to be sober, right? And that was difficult because I, it had been such a uh, staple of my life every mm -hmm. single day, you know. Um, so I kind of was just, you know, that like take it one day at a time, get through the day, get through the day, get through the day. Uh, and during this, um, I had a, another good friend. Um, that was uh, kind of you know kind of going through his own thing in his own way, but he was sending me motivational uh, videos every morning. You know, six o'clock in the morning, I wake up and, and Eddie had texted me, and I have a YouTube video, and I, and I made myself watch it. 
Um, he had taken the time to send it, so I started making myself watch it, make myself do these little things. Um, then he gives me a book to read, uh, Make Your Bed um, by, uh, who is it? Um, uh, I always mess up the guy's last name. Um, we'll throw a link for that, actually that book down in the, uh, the comments when we're done. Um, mm -hmm. So it's Make Your Bed and it talks about basically the mindset of uh, if you start every day making your bed, you've accomplished one small thing for that day. And then it kind of snowballs into uh, bigger things, right? So I, um, you know, I'm start watching these motivational videos and I'm reading this book and I'm starting to make these small changes and stuff. And um, basically through all of this, I uh, started developing the mindset, uh, just, you know, clicked with me one day. If I, if I can do something today to, to get through it, you know, and not only get through it, not that, you know, kind of the difference between one day at a time where it's like you just struggle to get through the day and as long as you make it to the end of the day, you're good. Uh, I switched that mindset to not just get through the day but to do something productive, you know, and a lot of that, again, started with something simple like making my bed and being productive that day and, and being better for myself and, and ultimately being better for those around me. Um, and, and by and by, these things start to add up, you know. Uh, I started to cultivate the discipline. I started, uh, I was making my meals again. I was holding myself accountable for the decisions that I was making. Um, and instead of just letting the depression get the better of me, I was learning to understand that and, and learn that no matter how I felt, if I felt depressed or anxious or mad or, or like I wanted to drink or any of these things, it didn't matter how I felt, I could still be productive and I could still uh, learn and progress and better myself um, and, you know, make a, and make a productive change, you know? Um, so that mindset as it, as it became a habit of every single day of, of making progress, um, I started to dive and explore more things, uh, exploring um, like gratitude and vulnerability and just the different ways that these affect your life. Uh, and yeah, now it's um, practice habits have, have become you know, natural uh, and now I get to explore and, and, and continue to you know, dive into that like personal enrichment and stuff. Yeah, you know, what, uh, <laughs> one of the first things that stands out is that a lot of times with these transformative stories, uh, they always start with that kind of um, rock bottom sort of feeling yeah. uh, or, or situation. And, uh, you know, I think a lot, of, uh, a lot of people go through it, you know, if not everybody at certain points in their life. Um, but a lot of times going through it is hard to understand yourself if it's just you going through it. And it's even harder sometimes to communicate that to somebody else For sure. who's not going through it. For sure. um, so, you know, all these you know, these friends, these names pop up that you kind of had in your corner, maybe without you knowing how or why they were existing there, um, but that help you realize that you were sitting in that, you know, sitting in that rock bottom place. Right. And instead of just dwelling in there and using the same coping mechanisms, right. you know, you were able to kind of take a step back or they were helping you to take a step back sure. uh, to kind of see where you're at. So <laughs> sure. I think that's, you know, I think that's very important because it's easy to get stuck in those, in those phases, especially when you don't have any other outlet. Um, and and I, I think the term coping mechanism or lack thereof kind of gets us in a lot of those uh, situations to begin with. Sure, sure. Um, Absolutely, it's, yeah. It's, uh, so, you know, you develop those coping mechanism because, um, 
it works one time. So like uh, obviously um, alcohol or drugs are easy coping mechanisms to sure. go back to. Um, and then you start looking at behavioral coping mechanisms like lashing out, anger, um, mm -hmm. projecting insecurities and all these other things, you know, because the first time we do it, we find a little bit of comfort in it. Yep. Okay, so the, uh, the first time you're sad and you drink to deal with that sadness and it makes you temporarily feel better, you know, it kills that feeling. Oh shit, this is awesome. Right. You know, and so you go, and you go back to it. So you, again, same thing with drugs, any kind of addiction. Um, and, and it becomes, uh, a, you know, our go-to mechanism. We don't have to think about it anymore because, you know, we feel like it's always working. Mm -hmm. And then next thing you know, I mean, for me, I really isolated myself from the entire world. Right. You know, and I would get home, I'd, I'd leave the gym at 10 o'clock at night, I'd stop and I'd grab a tall boy and just drink it on the way home. So when I got home, I already had a buzz and I didn't have to think about being alone in the dark house. Right. You know what I mean? So you create this, uh, you cope with the isolation and, and a lot of times it's self-induced, you know? Um, and that I think uh, understanding that is, it is a mechanism um, and forcing yourself to understand why you're using it you know, why, okay, well, why, why am I drinking all the time? Mm -hmm. Well, because obviously I'm unfulfilled. Sure. And then uh, gets into, you know, exploring that darkness, exploring why you're unfulfilled, and then it gets back to that notion of purpose and right. finding that purpose um, right. in a way, you know, because if, uh, and we talked about that a lot last week and a lot of what, you know, you went through, you're just kind of meandering through the wilderness mm -hmm. and uh, you don't really feel like there's any reason for it. And it makes it hard to deal with those, those dark times. Right. I don't feel like there's no light kind of at the end of that, that tunnel, you know? Sure. You know, drinking, drugs, uh, a lot of things that we might fill the void in um, don't really lead us anyplace. You, you go, you have a tall right. bar on your way right. back home. Right. In a, another couple of weeks, you need two of them. Yeah. Yep. You know, sure. to try and get to that same, um, you know, just that same uh, state, state of mind or feeling. Right. Uh, I had a friend one time that told me that maturity was, because he was going through very similar things too. You know, heavy, heavy alcoholism. Um, he'd go, he'd work hard. You know, he'd, he'd have a family that he had to support. So he'd work hard for them. And after that, he'd go in, he'd go right to the fridge, yeah. get his drinks, turn on the TV. And he's like, man, he's like, I'm getting older. I'm, I'm making more money, but I'm not happy. You know, I'm yeah. not happy with this. I've got a great family, I'm, but I'm just not happy in general. And he's like, you know, he, he, he was reading a lot of, uh, I think it was like Tony Robbins. Sure. Kind of was a starting point for him. Uh, that kind of propelled him into um, things like that. And he's like, maturing is how we spend our free time. You know, the ways in which we spend our free time is usually what we become. Um, yeah. You know, because a lot of these things don't give back to us as far as the booze or right. as far, you know, say even eating. You know, I, there are a bunch of different things that people could fill that, fill that void with. Um, but, you know, he and I started talking about how you know, in, as coping mechanisms or in free time, we need to fill that with something that's going to give back to us. Sure. Where sure. now we're going to, uh, a week, a month, a year from that date, there's going to be progress. Right. You know, you, you might not see it on the day to day, but when you look back, um, it's a clear, you know, you get the clear picture. Right. Um, right. So, you know, I, I, think that's, I think that's super important. Um, something else that is interesting uh, that I would like for you to kind of expand upon is the distinguishment from day one to one day at a time because I think that's super interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, kind of touched on it briefly, but um, I think uh, and a lot of people that I, I've I've talked to, especially over you know probably the last like six months or so, um, 
you know, having the conversation, everybody's like, yeah, man, I know what you mean. You know, just, just taking it one day at a time, just taking it one day at a time. And, um, you know, I think it's, I, you know, I try to respect everybody's process, and everybody's approach. And I mean, if that's what's uh, perpetuating you getting better and stuff, I, you know, I, I appreciate that and, and, you know, hope it works for you. Um, for me, it, I think there's a different distinction because if you focus on, you know, ah, just, I just got to get one day at a time, just got to make it through today, just got to make it through today. I think it instills this kind of like survival mindset. It's passive. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yep. Um, and what I try to focus on, I, I talk a lot about personal enrichment um, is like every single day, uh, you know, try to get a little bit better. Right. So it goes from um, passive, like you said, David, mm-hmm. now becomes active. So now we're taking exactly. control and we're, we're making ourselves better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's where like, kind of like the discipline settles in and stuff. Um, and what really kind of made day one pop for me was uh, thinking in the context of, of starting a new habit, right? Say, um, oh, I want to start a diet today. I want to start my new exercise program. I want to start my new job today, right? right? That first day, day <clears throat> one is, a lot of times it's like the best day because you're pumped about it, you're sure. excited about it, and you're going to, you're going to crush it that day, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the mindset going into it. Um, or sometimes it's like the worst day. Sometimes you're like, all right, first day, and you're like, man, that sucked. Like, I, mm-hmm. I messed everything up with my new job. My boss thinks I'm an idiot. I'm never going to be successful with this, right? But at the end of the day, you're like, all right, I did it. It's done. Mm-hmm. You know, I still made these steps. You know, I, I tried my hardest today. I put an effort to become a better person. Um, and, and it's done. You know, and, and the next day doesn't have to be that bad. The next day, it's, it's our chance to start over. And every mm-hmm. single day that you get up, it's a, it's a chance to approach that, that day, approach that, you know, your life with a little more vigor, you know. Yeah. Um, and we touched a little bit last week kind of about the difference between motivation and discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, um, some days we're going to be motivated. Some days we are going to crush it. Some days it's going to be like that first day, of, you know, of your new job where you go in and it's like the most exciting thing you've ever done. First day of your diet, you're like, man, I hit my macros perfectly. I did all these great things. I'm gonna change my whole life. Sure. And you wake up the next morning finding that mindset again, you know, finding that disciplined mindset. Or, you know, if you wake up and you feel shitty, you feel sad, you feel depressed, you feel anxious, you feel like you're not gonna get anything done. Mm-hmm. Um, taking that commitment to yourself seriously, taking that discipline seriously, right. and using that day to still, despite those bad feelings, yeah. make something of it. Sure. You know? So instead of just getting through one day at a time, you're capitalizing on, on day one you know, of, of that start, right. and really of the, the only day that you have you right. know, is, is today, is the first day. You know? um, and, and I think that all goes back to purpose, like we talked yeah. about, because purpose is really your, your foundational point that you come back to. So now your rock bottom is, is you, you refine that purpose again. Because right. uh, I think it's important for people to understand that on these journeys or going through this sort of process, um, it's not, you're not just gonna, you're not gonna hit every shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not every day is gonna be your best day. And you are gonna fall back. I, I, I still fall back at times, yeah. you know? I'm yeah. sure oh, yeah. you go through the same thing. Um, and you know, and we all have our uh, different processes of getting back out of that. I think uh, I, I spoke a little bit on it last week, um, talking about sometimes when I wasn't motivated, I just did the work anyway. Yeah. I had to get into, say, if it was, you know, writing a song or something like that, I would just get into writing. Yep. Nothing, nothing in mind, just get into writing, get into writing, see what comes. Yep. And usually that, you know, because all those paths are connected, 
You know what I mean? Right, as far as right. those neural pads. And once you start getting them activated and exercise a little bit, man, you, I'm, I'm right back into it. Yeah. Um, do you find, do you, have, do you have a certain process when you find that you feel like you're, you're, you're kind of out of the loop to get back into it? That you do? Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that notion of uh, kind of going through the motions. Um, right. You just get in, you do the work. Uh, especially, um, so martial arts training, mm -hmm. right? Uh, that's my, you know, that's kind of the purpose I found in life is that I can make a difference very specifically through um, coaching martial arts, mm -hmm. uh, through coaching Muay Thai, um, through coaching Jiu Jitsu, and through, uh, you know, helping other people kind of physically better themselves, mentally better themselves, mm -hmm. um, and, and find that, you know, spiritual journey. But what's very difficult about training is that um, some days you show up and your body hurts. Yeah. Some days you show up and you're tired. You know, some days you, you put in a line, you know, you hit two or three sessions a day, you train for four or five, six hours a day, and the next day you feel like shit. You know, very recently I had a um, had an episode where I, I came in to train one night and I was just out of it. Um, actually explains a little shine. Is that the shine yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so just kind of, I, I wasn't in the zone, you know, mentally I was, I was disconnected. Physically, yeah. I, I wasn't feeling it, you know, and that was one of those days where I told myself, just come in, just go through the motions, just start moving. Um, and even if you don't feel better while you're doing it, mm -hmm. you feel better afterwards because sure. you, you're done and, sure. and you did it, you know, um, and you didn't let that mental disconnection, that physical disconnection stop you from progressing as a, as a person mm -hmm. or as an artist, you know, um, and moving in the direction of your purpose. Mm -hmm. I think that's such a huge like thing, that. you know, is, is as you develop that process, um, it has to be goal oriented. And like you said, when you sit down and you just start writing, you don't always know where it's going to go. Right. You don't always know how your purpose is going to manifest itself. You know, mm -hmm. you have an idea, you have a picture, right? And then you have all these pieces. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily know how they're going to fit together. But a lot of times, all you can do is start exploring that space. Start setting the pieces down and start seeing if you can distinguish that picture. You know, because you know what you want it to be. Yeah. You just don't know how it all goes together, you know? So you, Goals over destination. Yeah, man, Goals absolutely. Goals over destination. I, you know, for example... Uh, when I first started taking music serious, right. it was to find something that helped me to zone in, that was a productive use of my time, right. and that I could see constant growth because I yes. needed to see constant growth. Yeah. I, and so honestly, I, was, I wasn't even rapping. I wasn't even really writing like that. I was making beats. Okay. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, the destination, who I'll, I'll, I'll make you know, beats for people, or I'll make the... the the, the soundtracks for, 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 for movies and stuff like that. I didn't really know, but in my mind, that was the destination. But through the work, I've seen it change so many different times. Yes. You know, to now be, you know, have the microphone in a live band. Right, I didn't, right, I didn't right. foresee that whatsoever. Right. But that's the sort of opportunity that work brings and constant work. And you yes. got to stay open to these sort of different opportunities that come into play. Absolutely. Uh, but all only recognized through that work itself. So Right, right. Um, I think that's crucial too is um, accepting that it's not a it's not a definitive the first time you, you say, I think this is what I want my purpose to be. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's not necessarily that. You know, right. it can change and it's okay if it changes. And it's okay if you have to start over. You mm -hmm. know, you talk man, uh, how many times have you heard a story about somebody starting a new career when they're fifty? Right. Six years old and, and, and they're restarting. And, right. that, and, it's, and it's okay mm -hmm. and it's necessary to accept where the work takes you, where the journey takes you, where the process takes you. Um, mm -hmm. For me, that was, uh, so about seven years ago, uh, I got my personal trainer certification. 
Um, and I thought, okay, I was like, this is what I'm gonna do with my life. I, I like I like lifting weights, I like running, I'm physically fit. You like punching people? Right, but not, not then though. You know oh, really? I mean? that, okay, yeah, then. That, so that right. was that was before, you know, that's kind of where it started is I I was like, I'm gonna be a personal trainer, I'm gonna work one-on-one with people, I'm gonna have all these clients, this is how I'm gonna pay my bills, I'm gonna right. be on easy street, right? And that's mm-hmm. what I thought. And uh, so I had a couple of clients, maybe like two, uh, and I applied for some jobs and some gyms and, and nothing was popping up. And as I found out, personal trainers were a dime a dozen. And me, I was you know, six months into having my certification, I was two years into exploring strength training and stuff like that. I didn't know shit, right. you know, and I didn't have anything special to bring to the table. Um, so uh, through then, um, I had a, a buddy, um, he was drumming in our band, uh, and we were talking one night, he was into weightlifting and stuff, and I was like, hey, I wanna, you know, I think I wanna try like martial arts, I think I wanna try jujitsu. And uh, he's like, well, I got a buddy that's, that I've been training with. He's mm-hmm. like, come and train with us. So we, we'd go do our little thing, um, and eventually uh, I got turned on to um, what eventually became American Top Team. Um, mm-hmm. I met uh, Mark Stevens, and he let me coach a fitness class at the gym to kind of, you know, it trades these for a membership, right? So gotcha. I got to train a little bit and I coached a little bit, right? Um, so it was mutually beneficial. I got to cut my teeth as a trainer and I got mm-hmm. to experience what training, you know, as a fighter was like. Eventually, I, you know, fell in love with it. I stuck around the gym and, it, you know, that was five years ago. And now here I am, you know, my, my primary source, my, my job is to train mm-hmm. and to coach and stuff. Um, but I didn't know, you know, when I started lifting weights, that first day I picked up a dumbbell, I didn't know that fast forward seven years, I was right. going to be a kickboxing coach. Right. You know, I was, I've got a couple MMA fights under my belt. I've got a Muay Thai fight under my belt. You know, I didn't know that that's where it was going to go, right. but I knew I wanted to somehow use this skill set, uh, to help people better their lives. Sure. Um, and once I got away from, uh, from wanting to get paid for it, once I got away from worried about the money, you know, and I mean, mm. for a long, up till about two years ago, I had a full-time job always you know and this was just like a little side gig something i was doing for fun mm-hmm. um and it you know you just stick with it and you stick around and, and you commit to it you know eventually it starts making sense yeah you know? yeah no i like that i like that how have you seen from um from the day that day one started and the idea behind it how have you seen it change or grow since then have you seen it change and grow oh yeah then? man almost constantly it seems um so i go through uh, the, the first thing, um, yes, Melissa, thank you. Do what you love and the money will follow. Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> and that, uh, the, the most succinct way to put that for sure. Yeah. Um, once you find that purpose and once the money doesn't matter, all of a sudden, exactly. it's there, you know, exactly. absolutely. Um, so yeah, so, uh, when day one started for me, um, it was a way to understand embrace my depression and not just cope with it, mm-hmm. but to thrive with it, you know, kind of thrive in spite of it. You know, I, yes, I'm depressed. Yes, I feel this way, but I can still accomplish and I can still achieve and I can still move forward and get better. Mm-hmm. Um, and a way to help me deal with my alcoholism. Um, especially, man, I would, uh, all my friends drink and every time we'd go out and see each other and stuff and there was parties and stuff and, and there'd be drinking involved and 
holy shit, man. The first couple of times I went to a social gathering sober, mm. 15, 20 minutes, and then I had to leave. Done. It, it yeah. would, oh, God, it would make me so anxious. It would make me so uncomfortable. Um, but as I embraced more of that kind of day one mentality, like, okay, I can I can do this, and I just mm. have to do it today. You know, because I still want to see my friends. I still want those connections. There's still people I love, still people I value having in my life. Right. Um, they can just drink and not let it consume and not let it ruin their life. I can't do that right now. So, um, I would, you know, and that's where like, I really found myself experiencing a lot of feelings of anxiety and stuff mm -hmm. was in those situations. And then I, so I started exploring how to embrace that and how to cope with that and how to feel that, you know? And so you get into, um, so that led me to exploring, uh, psychosomatic relationships. Um, what you think affecting how you feel and understanding how to feel emotions, how to, what does depression feel like? What does anxiety feel like? Mm -hmm. uh, um, and then, so uh, again, um, my good friend, Ed Stevens, um, he, he's the one who started uh, Together We Rise Foundation. And that essentially is uh, jujitsu based and he wants to explore how to um, reach out to people who have gotten out of the service, who serve, uh, especially combat veterans. Mm -hmm. um, and help them understand their either like the PTSD or uh, what it sounds like to me from having talked to them is kind of like a separation anxiety because okay. you get in and you have this uh, this brotherhood with these people especially if you experience combat together you know sure. and then when you get out of the military it's just gone right and they lose their purpose mm -hmm. right and um, so helping others discover their purpose right sure. um, and how to understand and not just cope with feelings, yeah. right? Because coping mechanisms like we, we talked about earlier can be crippling if we rely on them too heavily. Mm -hmm. um, but to embrace them and understand them and thrive with them, with them. you know, instead of getting rid of them, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so that, you know, that all ties into uh, where a lot of my exploration went there, you know? So dealing and understanding with my, my personal, like, anxious issues and uh, depression issues and stuff like that um, kind of gave us a, you know, Eddie and I a point that that we started discovering that our purposes weren't so far apart. Right. You know, he was mainly focused in more of a military sector. I was a little more, um, you know, just kind of civilian, like everyday focused, but it was yeah. the same thing. Right. And so from there, um, just kind of started studying, uh, habits and like happiness and what it takes to be happy, you know? And mm -hmm. that's when I started exploring gratitude a little bit more. Um, sure. how to be, uh, grateful basically for everything that you have sure. whether it's uh, good friends good times good day right these are easy things oh man the sun's shining I'm grateful yeah. for that right uh, but also you kind of start being grateful for the abyss I'm grateful that I'm experiencing these depression feelings you know? grateful for that black eye is a reminder when you look in the mirror yes absolutely man and that's so um, but, but instead of uh, you know at first when you, when you first start practicing it you're like I'm grateful for this because of these reasons. Right. I'm grateful I got punched in the face because now I know, like, keep my, keep right. my hands up, you know. Um, I'm grateful for being depressed today because I know tomorrow will be better. Um, and eventually it starts becoming so habitual that you, uh, instead of feeling forced to express it every single day, you just kind of feel it, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and what's so beautiful about that, the next thing that that led me to was uh, vulnerability. And being willing to express yourself and being willing to 
challenge these boundaries that you've created and, and force yourself to be expressive, right? Um, one of the most amazing feelings, one of the most amazing things I think that I've felt change in my life is my ability to express my gratitude to my friends and to my family. Um, I've always, so funerals, mm-hmm. and, and uh, somebody gives um, eulogy and, and all these people talk about how great this person was and uh, they have this beautiful service and everybody misses them and all that. And, and for me, always, kind of in the back of my mind, I'm like, why do we wait? Why do we wait? Why do we wait? You know? And as I started, uh, researching and learning about vulnerability, I understand why we wait, because it's scary to tell somebody how you feel. Sure. Uh, whether or not we feel like maybe it's not gonna be reciprocated, maybe you don't, that we don't want to appear vulnerable, mm-hmm. right? And that's a lot of our coping mechanisms are designed to uh, protect that feeling of vulnerability, that feeling of being exposed. And once you start breaking down those boundaries and you can be expressive, man, I, like my, I've become so much closer with my friends, my family, um, I've, I've had some really, really hard discussions um, with my mom, with my brothers, yeah. uh, just really cutting and being raw and, and open and honest and stuff. And it's, it's a hard discussion. There's tears involved. There's a lot of uh, frustration and anger and stuff that just gets, you know, that's been bottled up, that's been coped with for so right. long. And then right. afterwards, it's better. You know, and, and so you start understanding the necessity of being vulnerable and you start being grateful for the ability to be vulnerable and the things that being vulnerable yields. You, you know, know, the things like, you know, the, the, the whole trust in the process idea, vulnerability brought you day one. Right. I'm assuming that Ed with the uh, Together We Rise, to a certain degree, had gone through those things himself. Sure. Did he, you know, sure. and, and now that he puts that out there, and he's able to connect with people like you and more. Right, right. You know, how many people, once you start talking about day one type mentality, uh, have opened up to you? Countless, man. Dude, um, it's wild. Yeah. I still, I mean, the whole, the, the trust in the process was like three years ago when I first yeah. started using the hashtag. People still send me memes. Yeah. People still send me uh, uh, messages saying what they're going through. Right. And how, but I'm just going to trust in the process. Like, that shit is awesome to me. Right. You know? Um, uh-huh. But that wouldn't come about until you first step forward and be like, look, I gotta put myself out there. Yes, yeah. Uh, and, it, and it's it's reinforcing when you're vulnerable and you put yourself out there to have other people feel comfortable to do the same thing. Because it's right. crazy, because I know how alone, you know, you might feel like you are going through what you're going through. And as soon as you get that weight off your shoulders and say, this is what I'm going through you realize, you, you start seeing all these different people pop up saying, oh, I'm going through yeah. it too, or yeah. my, my so-and-so is going through it. Yeah. Or, you know, and it's, um, like I said, it's re- reinforcing, um, and, you know, and I think it's a beautiful thing. You know, what's awesome too is for someone to reach out and say, I went through this. I went through it. Right, this, and, and then now, now you have someone you can get advice from, kind of pick their brain, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, uh, you're in music, you know, and you're starting to put shows together and stuff like mm-hmm. that, Going into a blind all by yourself, you're gonna make a lot of mistakes. But you have someone that you can hit up, like, oh, yo, hey, we're thinking about doing this and that. Um, well, how did you do it? How would you do this? How would you set this up, man? Um, and they can give you that advice. So you can, not that you can cut corners ever, right? I don't think you can really skip steps, but it can help, you know what I mean? Because you know what to expect. You know, okay, well, if I do this, maybe this will go a little bit smoother. Sure. You know? 
Um, so yeah, uh, it's, it's helpful to have either people that are currently going through it or people that are starting to go through it or people that have been through it, you know, and, and you really start to open up this network of, of people that you can rely on. Um, mm -hmm. and that's another thing, man. Uh, vulnerability is, um, opened me up. It's forced me to talk to people that I know I can talk to, talk to my friends, right? Uh, start taking your own advice, you know, because if one of my friends is going through something, man, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. I'm here for you. Listen to me, talk to me. Right. One, uh, another huge day I had, I woke up in the morning and um, a buddy of mine had called me the night before and I kind of blew it off. I was feeling shitty, but I woke up in the morning and I just, I felt awful. I felt I was in a really dark place and um, I was like, why am I avoiding this? I was like, because I, I don't want to talk to him because he's going to try to make me feel better. Mm -hmm. What the hell, man? I, I would tell somebody in that situation, reach out to your friends. So that morning I was like, take my own advice. So I sat down, I, I texted him out and I was like, like tears rolling down my face. I was just in a, in a really rough spot. Sent him a text message. Hey man, I'm sorry I've been avoiding your calls. I'm in a really bad place right now. Mm -hmm. um, I will make some time this weekend to call you. Thank you for reaching out to me. Right. You know? And from then I just forced myself to follow my advice, to reach out to people that I know are going through it or, right. um, you know, and try to share or, ask for help when I need it, you know, and yeah. just so, so much that we were scared to be vulnerable about. Like you said, man, all of a sudden you realize you're not the only one doing it. Right. You're not by yourself. You know, you're, you're not as special as you think you are. And that's a, and that's a game changer. Yeah. Big time. You know, big a, time. a lot of times when friends are going through, uh, just what people go through in general, I would find myself holding back from maybe giving advice or anything of that nature because I'm like, well, damn, I'm not perfect. What can yeah. I say? What can I say to yeah. them? Yeah. You know, that's without me sounding hypocritical sure. or having it come off being disingenuous, but having someone to listen, even just yeah. to listen, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. you know, it, it makes the world of a different world For of sure. difference. For sure. Um, uh, Curtis, I see you there, man. Thank you, brother. Uh, Curtis Mosley, guys. Um, he is the owner operator down at Bearing Jiu Jitsu. Uh, he has been a huge support um, for the, uh, I don't know, four or so years that I've, I've known him. Um, he does a lot, not only for me, but for the community around here, man. Uh, if anybody embodies the day one mindset or the whole down upstate, what we're trying to accomplish in the community, it's absolutely that man right there. Um, and uh, real quick, Melissa, I touch on what, what you just talked about, how a lot of times it's socially acceptable uh, more so for women than for men, kind of to be emotionally vulnerable, right? Um, which kind of brings up the topic of like toxic masculinity. That's kind of been one of the hot button things. Yeah. Um, what's so beautiful in my life is that because of the culture we have at the gym and the culture that we try to perpetuate uh, is that I feel like there's not as much of a stigma about being vulnerable. You know, I've never felt someone's reflected on me poorly um, for expressing my vulnerability and for being open emotionally and stuff like that. Um, but it's a social change that has to happen, sure. you know? And when you build a community and you have like-minded people around and people that are, that you can be expressive with and that aren't afraid to be expressive with you, um, it really helps to change stuff like that. Cause I think it's a crime, man. And you look at, uh, military personnel a lot too. Um, guys that commit suicide once they get out. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they're afraid to be vulnerable, you know, right. because it's socially unacceptable to, to be weak or to be expressive, man. And um, 
it just adds a whole new dimension to life when you can be like that. Uh, so, it, like I said, uh, through the people that have, that are surrounded, have surrounded me in my life, the people that have come in um, to help me, and uh, that I can in turn, you know, turn around and help. And even if it's like you said, like I don't know what the hell I'm gonna say to this person. You don't, sometimes you don't have to say anything. Right. Just be yourself. Yeah. Be open. Be vulnerable. Be honest. Um, you really change. Uh, not only somebody's life, not only one person's life, but you can help create a culture mm -hmm. that's accepting of, you know, not being perfect, man. You know? So. Just, uh, j just a, a quick recap um, on how this whole thing started. You said you were training with a friend. Um, he was training before a fight. Yeah. And you find yourself, you know, did he, did, does he know that he had such an impact on you at that time? Yeah. Um, yeah. So we've, uh, I've talked to him a little bit about that. Uh, um, I'll give him a quick little shout out Taryn LaBelle if you're watching this man you know that's you brother um, but we've, uh, we've talked about it you know kind of briefly here or there uh, I allude to it a little bit when I post about it when I talk about it and stuff um, but yeah probably one of the first people that really impacted me and, and I mean all he was doing is the guy we were talking about he was just himself he was just operating, he was just yeah. disciplined and he was committed That's to awesome. making himself better, you know, and just set such an, such an awesome example, you know? Right. And he started out as, as my student, you know, he came here, I trained him, I coached him, you know, all this stuff. And um, ultimately I was able to learn a ton from him and from watching him and how he conducted himself and everything. So uh, again, back to the point of just be yourself, live the best you know how, and you're gonna impact people in ways that you don't even know. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had, um, so many friends just from casual conversation. Uh, my friend Guy Javroni, I, I apologize, buddy, if I mess up that last name, um, is a, a friend I met over at, at Bearing Training. Um, and he kind of uh, offhandedly mentioned reading a book, uh, Crushing It, um, by Gary Vee. And now we're here. You right. know what I mean? Now there's, there's t shirts with day one on it, there's stickers with day one on it. We're, there you go, my man. And, uh, you know, so it, it snowballs, right? and and he wasn't afraid to be open with me. He wasn't afraid to be honest, you know. And um, it's it's just such a powerful thing just to be genuine and to be vulnerable, not be mm -hmm. scared of it, mm -hmm. you know. So that's a uh, that's a huge huge point. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. And you know, and I look forward to seeing how else how it continues to expand uh, and snowball. Yeah. You know, that's from right. from day one to things like cage side combos. Yeah. Um, you know, every day it just keeps changing, but every day is an opportunity yes. to um, not passively but aggressively yeah. take advantage. Of, yep. Take advantage of that. Yeah, and I like I like aggressively better even than mm -hmm. active sometimes, man. Because sometimes you just gotta go for it. Absolutely. So absolutely, awesome, man. Yeah. I say we wrap it up, man. Absolutely. It was a good chatting with you. Yeah, always. Appreciate you guys for popping in, for leaving the comments down at the bottom and all the likes. Uh, feel free to give us a share. Uh, we're gonna be back here next week. Is it? Are, yep. are you still gonna be next here next week? week? Yeah, yes, next sir. week, next yep. Tuesday. All right. Awesome, yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you soon. Peace.